doesn't the concept of being pro-life extend to just letting other people live their lives the way they want? They love to pull out the whole, well, that was the Old Testament card, oh, whenever yeah. it suits them. But the bottom line is that these people like this miscreant of a god of theirs just mm. the way that he is on every page of that book. Oh, yeah. I can't even begin to parse in my head the levels of hate that have to be present in your own mind to pray a prayer like that. When these people don't think they're being watched, they're doing things way differently than they would if someone just let them know that they are. It can be a real epiphany to someone who's growing up in a very conservative evangelical household. Right. And then they start seeing these things and start asking themselves, what's the problem here? Yeah. And then they start realizing that there is no problem here. And that is a big problem for people like this. Welcome to Unbound. A podcast for new atheists and lifetime atheists, ex-evangelicals, truth seekers, and free thinkers. There is life after faith. And life here is good. It's time for a new perspective and a better conversation. I'm Spider. And I'm Shell. And it's time to get unbound. Love the sinner, hate the sin, but shun the sinner's kids? That sounds about right. I will never understand the fear that these people possess and perpetuate over other people's life choices. Why doesn't the concept of being pro-life extend to just letting other people live their lives the way they want? I'm Spider. And I'm Shell. And this week, the irony of people who aren't remotely pro-life criticizing people for not being pro-life enough. Whoa, Vicky, that's not how any of that works. What's the real viper pit in this picture? And yet another entry into the ever-evolving Florida man game. We bring you Christians behaving badly. Whoa, just whoa edition. Shell, what have you got for us this week? Well, you know, sometimes I swear I'm doing the same stories over and over and over again. It sure feels like it. But you know, I check. I check these things. And they're not. They're not the same. No, they're not. It's just same shit, different nutters. That's basically yeah, it. Basically. So here's one from the uh, pro-life fallacy slash hypocrisy department. Yeah. The pro-life irony of the day. Georgia director for the National Federation of Republican Assemblies, Nathaniel Darnell, used his speech during the state's March for Life rally to celebrate the death of former State House Speaker David Ralston an anti-abortion Republican whom Darnell considered an obstacle for not being extreme enough for some conservatives. What a charming fellow. I love how they pull out the fuck eulogy over anyone that they remotely disagree with. Oh, yeah. I mean, we do the same thing, but there's legitimate cause when we do it. This is just out-and-out out hate, and yeah. they especially hate being challenged from within. Mm. Now, to be clear, Ralston wasn't precisely pro-choice as he never endorsed any restrictions on abortion while Roe was still in effect because they'd be struck down as unconstitutional. In the eyes of another Supreme Court, yeah. Yeah. But apparently he was enough of a hindrance to this guy that he was grateful that he was gone. Lord, may you please confront those legislators who might seek to be an obstacle to these efforts. We thank you for how you have relieved us from one legislator, a speaker who made himself an obstacle, and we pray that, Father, you would help other legislators to serve you in fear and to take warning. Good. Let the hate flow through you. Yeah. Hemet Mehta goes on, 
And just in case anyone thinks Darnell misspoke or was misinterpreted, he reiterated his position on Facebook, telling a supporter that he didn't wish to harm people, but if they weren't anti-abortion enough for his liking, they shouldn't be surprised when God harms them. Oh my God, this, this cesspool of thought that these people possess and perpetuate. I mean... Yeah. It doesn't surprise me, but it perpetually makes me angry. Yeah. So once again, Christians have become too much like their Old Testament version of their God. Judgmental and bloodthirsty with those who disagree with him or his people. That really is most of it. They love to pull out the whole, well, that was the Old Testament card whenever it suits them. But the bottom line is that these people like this miscreant of a God of theirs just Mm. the way that he is on every page of that book. Oh, yeah. And they identify with him and they agree with him and they think like him. And one of the more mild manifestations of this is someone thanking God for someone dying. Yeah. Because now it clears a path for their own agenda. (sighs) I mean, I, I can't even begin to parse in my head the levels of hate that have to be present in your own mind to pray a prayer like that. Yeah. Even when I was in the thick of this thing, we prayed prayers like that against the devil. Yeah. You know, we didn't yeah. pray those kinds of prayers against the person sitting in the pew next to us. Yeah. We didn't pray those kinds of prayers over political leaders that we disagreed with. At least in the circles that I moved in, mm-hmm. it was more aimed at the quote unquote source. Yeah. And yeah. this person is not a source of anything except what these people think is wrong with some of the individuals within their factions. Yeah. I'm glad you're dead is basically <laughs> what he's saying here. Because, you know, when you pray, you're just praying into thin air. What he's saying is, I'm glad this person is dead. Yeah. And that's sick on so many levels. I mean, I don't take delight in anyone dying, but I also think that there are certain people who make the universe a better place by leaving it. Yeah. So I've, Definitely had some of these own sentiments in my own mind and in my own emotions at times, but I still have a tendency to stop short most of the time when it comes to taking delight in someone dying. And even then, it's not really delight. It's just relief that we've seen the last of their bullshit rhetoric. You know, people like Jack Chick. Yeah. Just for the sake of example, he jumped right into my head. The problem there is that he still has all of his little minions that are continuing his work. And that's another thing that happens. But yeah, there are people on this planet that the universe would benefit from them not being here anymore. I don't think that this person was one of them. And I don't think that this prayer was in any way, shape, or form warranted. And I also don't see how it falls in step with the whole concept of loving your neighbor as yourself. Right. And especially when this is someone within your own ranks, what did you do to try and convince him to join your side? (laughs) What kind of dialogue or discourse was there? No, you just stewed in it until he died and then did your jig of glee. And that right there tells me everything that I ever need to know about these people. But fortunately, they keep giving us more and more examples of why we should abhor them, their actions, their behaviors, the things that they think of, and most importantly, their God. And that's a good segue into our next story here, where I think the rest of these all fall under the cover of LGBTQ hate. Yeah. So just maybe a little trigger warning if that's something that's going to bother you. But at the same time, 
expose, 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 keep pulling back the curtain and reveal the man behind it, that sort of thing. So we all know that this is the way that these people think, but we can't just be silent and let them say and think these things. So what have we got next? And in yet another example of how Christianity continues to invade schools, did it ever really leave? No, of course not. A Georgia high school decided to bring in a TikTok influencer who also loves to say the N-word to talk to the girls' basketball team about how awesome her church is, how they should accept Jesus, and the many dangers of the LGBTQ plus community. And who was this influencer? The influencer in question is called Whoa Vicky and calls herself Atlanta's New Age Trap Queen. Now, did you have a chance to look at any of her videos after I told you who she was? No. Okay, so let me fill people in here. Yeah. This is someone who has been out there for a while. If the name itself doesn't ring a bell, just go to YouTube. When you see her, you might recognize her and you won't even have to click on the videos. But if you've never heard of her... I say go in there and just watch one, and it'll become abundantly crystal clear to you what kind of influence she's trying to have. Mm. And without going into too much detail, these are influences that no young person should be imparting on other young people, much less being invited to talk to a bunch of Christian kids about how great Jesus is when her content goes so contrary to any of that messaging that it really makes me wonder why they chose her in the first place. But here we are. Mm -hmm. So what happened next? The basketball team in question was not notified of the content or given the chance to opt out of the event. Well, of course not. Of course not. That's that's how they do this all the time. This is what you're talking about. Yeah. How it seems like we keep telling the same stories over and over again. No, it's just that they use the same MO over right. and over oh, and over yeah. again. And most of the time it turns around and bites them in the ass, <laughs> which is good. But yes, it's good. Yeah. Here are some of the pearls of wisdom that Vicky bestowed upon the team. When one girl asked her if being gay was bad, Vicky said she couldn't answer the question because she's not God. She then added there was no such thing as a gay preacher, what? which is a lie, and said people become gay as a result of getting touched on, which is also a lie, yeah. and said being gay is like murdering people because they're both sins. Oh my goodness. Which even most Christians would say is a lie because they don't think being gay is a sin. The vast majority don't. Right. But, you know, there are so many flavors of Christianity out there that, you know, we're not talking specifically about evangelicals, but I'll give you this little nugget too. The person sitting next to you in the pew at your evangelical church is likely to not think this way either. But yeah. they go along with it like the sheep that they are. Mm -hmm. They don't counter it. They don't challenge it. But in their heads, they know better because we all have this thing called reason that yeah. still lives in our brain, regardless of how badly these people try to smash it out of there. It's still there. So yeah. there are a lot fewer people out there than you realize who actually think this way. It's the ones that are more outward about it that make it look like it's a majority opinion. Yeah. But for the most part, most people sitting in those pews are just going along and staying silent because they're afraid of retribution. They're afraid of what's going to be thought of them. So they do what they want. They think what they want. And they put on the face on Sunday. 
So be encouraged. What Shell said is right. The vast majority of Christians don't think that being gay is a sin. And I'm pretty sure that we've covered this with the uh, Pew Research studies that corroborate the exact same thing. It's not exactly a 50-50 split. And I do believe, I I can't remember the numbers in my head because it's been a while since I actually looked at this from that perspective, but I'm pretty sure that there's at least a slight lean in the majority that says, no, this isn't a sin. That majority is going to get larger over time. Whether they like it or not, it's just going to keep growing over time. Yeah. Oh, this is a good one. And then she praised Jeffrey Dahmer for supposedly discovering God in prison. Yeah. You know, isn't that awesome? It's It's great. I saw this meme recently where it's a picture of Jesus sitting there with a kid and he's telling the kid, you see that man over there? That's the man that murdered your entire family. But he apologized and asked me into his heart. So now he's here with us. Go say hi. Yeah, no. That's what I think about when I think about something like this. Okay, Jeffrey Dahmer got saved in prison. So now we, if we buy into this ridiculousness about heaven and hell. Right. Now we get to spend eternity not just with Jesus, but with the likes of Jeffrey Dahmer and Ted Bundy too. Yeah. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. They all seem to accept Jesus at some point in their imprisonment. Well, yeah, because it gives them a certain degree of leverage. Yeah. And some of them hope that it will save their lives. Yeah. You know, people like uh, Jeffrey, not Jeffrey Dahmer, but people like uh, Sean Sellers, oh yeah, who go out on this years-long campaign to prove how different they are, and then the law catches up with them anyway. Yep, you know that's just the way that it goes. But a lot of them use it as a means of gaining leverage, and for some of them, they put on the public face, but not much has changed inside, and it's all a matter of I'm trying to get out of here or I'm trying to save my own skin. Yeah. And that's really where it begins and ends. Mm -hmm. The person responsible for this event was the character coach for the girls' basketball team. What even is that? Well, if it's a Christian school, you you know what it was like in college. I I know, but it's so You know what it was like. They have all these people with all these weird-ass titles, and their jobs are basically useless. The character coach. This is obviously, I mean... I don't know if it's linked directly to purity culture, but this is a girl's team. So, of course, now you have to at least try to control what you believe good character is in these people. And they're using this person to do that, which just, I mean, did they know who she was before they they invited her here? Yes. (laughs) Unbelievable. Okay. Her name is Frances Miller. She was quick to post her enthusiasm on Facebook as soon as the proselytizing began. Weirdly, this woman is not connected to the school district in any way. So why was she given so much access to the students, even inviting her influencer friend to preach Jesus at them? Fortunately, attorney Christopher Line of the Freedom From Religion Foundation is on their case. Here's an excerpt of his letter to the school department. We ask that the district immediately investigate this incident and provide an assurance that outside adults will not be allowed to preach hate and bigotry to students during school-sponsored activities again in the future. 
If any school employees or administrators were involved, they should be reprimanded and reminded of their obligations as public school employees. If the district has no policies that prevent outside adults from delivering hateful religious messages to students as part of school-sponsored activities, one should be adopted. The district should take all actions within its power to ensure that something like this cannot happen again in the future. True, but it's going to go nowhere. Yeah. That's that's the problem. I hate to be the forever pessimist here. (sighs) That's a very eloquently worded letter. Yeah. But it's going to be laughed at until there's enough pushback that they can't ignore it anymore. Mm Mm-hmm. It just keeps happening. That's the frustrating part about this particular segment, Mm -hmm. is that these things just keep happening. But, you know, here's the thing. Organizations like FFRF are out there, and they're watching. And the more they demonstrate that they are watching, the harder it becomes to pull this stuff off. I mean, it still happens all the time, like every day. And for every one of these incidences that they set their crosshairs on, you know that there are lots more. But the bottom line is that it sends the message that someone is paying attention to what you're doing. Yeah. And this is true in any circumstance. I tell the kids in the car all the time, when you get your license and you're alone in the car, you're going to do things differently because you're not going to have someone sitting here watching you and critiquing your every move. You're going to start making decisions on your own and they're going to be different ones than what we see in the car during your lessons. Well, it's the same thing here. When these people don't think they're being watched, they're doing things way differently than they would if someone just let them know that they are. And that is why I think this is a good thing, whether it's effective from one incident to another. Yeah. I still think that it's a good idea that they do what they do. It's more important in my head to just make these people understand that they are not islands unto themselves, that other people are watching, listening, and have opinions that they need to start considering when they're writing policy like this. And when they decide to do things like this, that other people are watching and they will be critiqued. Because you know what? That student stops at the stop sign when they're being watched. Mm -hmm. And... I have seen students of mine driving after they have their licenses and running stop signs. It all has to do with whether or not they know they're being watched. And it's the exact same thing here. Yeah. And the LGBTQ hate just continues with this next one. Mm. Christian schools have loads of problems. Bad curriculum, unqualified teachers, and constant proselytizing. But Liberty Council's Matt Staver is bravely doing nothing about those things. Instead, he recommends that Christian schools not admit children of gay parents because meeting kind and happy children with LGBTQ plus parents might make their children come to believe these people are human. I'm not even thinking about what the administrators of these schools would believe. I think they're more concerned with what the students will come to believe when they see the levels of normalcy that exist within these families. When they see statistically less dysfunction in these families than you see in like the average evangelical household, just for the sake of example. Mm. and. It doesn't surprise me that they don't want these people to see these things. Right. Because, like you said, it'll broaden their worldview and it'll make them question what's so bad about this. Yeah. And we can't have that now, can we? Hmm. 
At any rate, Staver said, if I were running the school, I would not allow that student to come into the school that is from a same-sex household, and I would not allow a student to stay there. You and I might be able to engage in this cultural war and battle and be biblically grounded, but these kids are not prepared for that. It is a real disservice to put these kids in the situation, particularly in a Christian school that ought to be a safe environment for them, where they can become very confused and what they experience at that level can be life-changing for the rest of their lives. That's like putting kids in a viper pit. It's amazing. He literally said it. Yes. He literally said that we do not want to expose these kids to this because it might change the way they think about things. He literally says it. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. You know, these are not your calls to make. I don't care if you consider yourself to be an educator or not. These are not your calls to make. You're supposed to get your students to think about things that relate to academics. And if you want to put your idiotic Christian spin on it, well, you know what? That's on you and that's on the parents that let you. But it is not your job to steer people's thinking about other people and the way that they live their lives. Stick to your job, stick to the academics, and stay the fuck out of everything else. Please and thank you kindly. At least that's the way that I see this. Oh, yeah. That's like putting kids in a viper pit. Oh, you know, there is so much truth to that. Mm -hmm. You're absolutely putting them into a viper pit by doing everything that you say in that paragraph. You're the one that's doing it. It's not the LGBTQ kids and their parents. It's you that is putting them into this viper pit by trying to steer their thinking in subversive directions. So, yeah, every last word of that last line is true, but I don't think that it means what he thinks it does. He's fighting a losing battle. More and more people are meeting others that are openly gay and understanding that his opinion is wrong. Good. They're realizing that people are just people. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. I mean... (laughs) It just seems like such an elementary concept when you don't think like this, but it can be a real epiphany to someone who's growing up in a very conservative evangelical household. And then they start seeing these things and start asking themselves, what's the problem here? Yeah. And then they start realizing that there is no problem here. And that is a big problem for people like this. Oh, yeah. Hemet Mehta writes, Staver's entire career has been built on attempting to convince people that the sky should fall if gay people have equal rights. He believes queer is synonymous with pedophilia, that gay judges would never treat Christians fairly, that permitting marriage equality would open the door for child brides, P.S. that already happens, Mm -hmm. and that conversion torture is legitimate. None of these things are traceable back to who your parents are when you're looking at it from the standpoint of their sexual orientation. No. These things happen in all kinds of families. And the notion of queer being synonymous with pedophilia, you know, can you find a different platform, please? Can you stop parroting this bullshit that you keep (laughs) hearing from other sources and show us some hard data that, that corroborates what you're saying here, I've heard this so many times, it just makes me want to vomit. And again, when you ask them to qualify these idiotic thoughts that they think, they can't. 
And then they get angry at you and tell you that you're the problem and that the way you think is what's wrong with society. Well, no, all I'm asking you is to show me proof that what you're saying here is true. Synonymous with pedophilia? Can we at least see like one or two court cases? I mean, anything? Yeah. Can we come up with one example of someone being assaulted in a bathroom by a trans person? Is there anything that we can go by here? Because- From what I can tell, and and there are always there are yeah. always isolated exceptions to every rule, but when you make a statement like this and make it as hard and fast mm. as they make this one, I'm sorry, but you are required to show us some proof. Where is it? Right now, people who actually know members of the LGBT community know that these things are not accurate. Matt Staver knows it. Among Christians, not being grounded in doctrine no matter how the winds blow, but being changed by personal experiences is a problem. There it is again. Yeah. Oh my God. That is the reason why this Respect for Marriage Act passed in the United States Senate. All of those people that voted for it, they were on record that they were in favor of marriage as a union of a man and a woman. All of them. Why did they change? We know from some of their staffers, they changed because either someone in their family or people that they know, they found out are homosexual or in same-sex relationships. So they couldn't bring themselves to vote for the right thing. They knew what they were supposed to do, but they didn't do it because of personal experiences. And you know what? That's the way it's supposed to work. Yeah. Okay? You have this opinion on something, and then you are presented with evidence that refutes that opinion. And if you're smart, you at least start considering the other side at that point. Yeah. This is the way that every change in my thoughts about anything has worked. Yeah. I've seen evidence that just completely batted down my opinion on something, and I just lost the ability to continue making the argument because I knew that mm-hmm. what I was being told was not true and what I was experiencing and witnessing was. And he's calling this a bad thing. Yeah. And in evangelical terms, it is a bad thing because the more you think for yourself, the less they can control you. And that's what the big fear is here. They won't be able to continue controlling these people yeah. and feeding them erroneous information about the way life works. <laughs> yeah. How terrible that people actually change because of things they experience. How sad that Staver has chosen to live his life in bitterness and anger towards people who have done nothing to him. But that's what they're taught to do. Yeah. The whole love the sinner, hate the sinner thing does not work. No. You cannot have it both ways. Light and darkness cannot occupy the same space. You cannot have love where you have hate or vice versa. So either you hate these people and everything they do, or you love these people and everything that they do because it makes them happy and it doesn't infringe on your enjoyment of life. Those are the only two stances that you can take on this. Love the sinner, hate the sin is not a workable proposition. It never has been. It never will be. No. And people like this are never, ever, ever, ever going to learn that lesson because it's too ingrained in their head that what they believe is right and 
even when presented with all evidences to the contrary, they're going to maintain those thoughts and opinions and they're not going to waver. It's sad, but that's why we do what we do. Because the more you put the truth in front of people, the right people get it and the right people act on it. And that's what pisses this guy off. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's time for the Florida man segment of Christians (laughs) Behaving Badly. What have we got here? Well, do you realize that like some people think of Florida man as a cryptid? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It just keeps shape-shifting into different people. Well, yeah, but it's also a fun game to play. You go back every year on your birthday and and type in your birthday in Florida man. You're going to get a new story every single year. And they're always like batshit. Oh, that's putting it quite lightly. Yes. Well... The Florida man has taken shape as an anti-gay hate preacher in Jacksonville, Florida, named Heath Lambert. I think I'll just call him Pastor Florida Man because he sounds a little off, like everything else is in Florida right now. Like everything else has been in Florida for quite a while. Yes. <laughs> I mean, no no disrespect if you live in Florida, but I mean, come on. Yeah. Remember FARC.com? Oh, God. They've yeah. had the Florida tag forever. You know, do the math. <laughs> <laughs> His church, the First Baptist Church in Jacksonville, now has a new contract with all of its members agreeing to believe Jesus died for your sins, that gay people have no business getting married, and that transgender people don't exist. (laughs) The new contract is thankfully shortened to the point. All the members must sign a contract form that says, in part, as a member of First Baptist Church, I believe that God creates people in his image as either male or female, and that this creation is a fixed matter of human biology, not individual choice. I believe marriage is instituted by God, not government, is between one man and one woman, and is the only context for sexual desire and expression. Okay, so I have a question. Hmm? I believe marriage is instituted by God, not government. So why do I need to get married to justify my sex life? Yeah. There's so much double talk with these people. It's like, did you proofread this? Because whether you realize it or not, what you just told people is that being married before the state is not necessary. Right. You just told your people that it's okay to live together in quote-unquote sin. Do you understand that you had them sign this contract and that you now have no leg to stand on if two people in your congregation of the opposite sex decide to cohabitate yeah. without getting married? You cannot discipline them. You cannot chastise them. You cannot criticize them in any way, shape, or form because you just told them and had them sign off on the concept that a marriage is instituted by God, not government. So what the fuck do I need the rings for? (laughs) Yeah, really. But I love how they've mentioned biology here. If you want science, then accept science. But you have to accept that science has changed since the 1800s, which is most likely the problem for them. And I kind of breezed over that part of it. I'm not sure how I how I missed the whole human biology part of it. Yeah. But isn't it amazing how they pull out the science card when they think it benefits them? Yeah. And vilify it whenever they think it doesn't? Yeah. It's so par for the course, but it never gets less infuriating. Yeah. It's like, you want to talk about biology? Then do the research that corroborates what we now know about gender. 
Okay. Right. It's not an opinion. It's verifiable. You can actually see studies that corroborate that gender is not a black and white thing and that there are many, many, many shades in this spectrum. Right. So again, strike two here. You want to pull out the biology card with this, then you need to accept what biology knows. And they're just trying to rewrite the playbook on their own with this one. No, sorry, you're not allowed to do that. Either you're going to accept this thing or you're going to reject it. You can't rewrite it to serve your own purpose. Yeah. Anyway, they have until March 19th to sign or get out of the church. Wow. I really hope get out is the majority here, but given this is Florida, I don't hold out much hope. Me neither, but wouldn't it be awesome? It would be awesome. Wouldn't it be awesome to have these people just walk out the door of the church and rip the contract as they go? Yeah, it would. It's not going to happen, but you know, know. it's a nice thought to have in my head. It's something I would love to just be able to see happen. Yeah. For a guy so against LGBTQ plus people, he sure does talk about it a lot. In fact, his church has done a lot of work to explain ad nauseum that they believe it is wrong. First Baptist Church has a long history of opposing LGBTQ rights, including strenuous opposition of the city's human rights ordinance. The HRO, which prohibited people from being fired or evicted simply because of their sexual identity, did eventually pass after several years. But after an early failed vote in August 2012, council members who voted against it were honored at a First Baptist Church service. The church also sent shuttle buses full of church members to speak against the HRO at meetings. Because, of course, they did. Yeah, there's no hate like Christian love. Well, at least they're not hiding it. And you see, that's the thing. They never do, which never ceases to amaze me. They do all this right out in the open, like there's literally nothing wrong with it. And and I know, in their heads, there isn't. But... How many voices do you have to have screaming in your ear that you're wrong before you will at least, at least consider the possibility? You know, if you are an evangelical and you're on the fence about what you believe, think about that. How many times do you have to hear the counterpoint before you at least look into it? I'm not even talking about accepting it and just deciding you're going to think the way that I do. What I'm talking about is just taking the time to consider another side. How many times do you have to hear the same thing before you start leaning to the side of the fence that leads to you being a happy, free, and clear-thinking individual? When does that start happening? You want to know why some evangelical churches literally have Sunday school curricula for ages birth to 18 months? It's so they can get this kind of thinking in there early enough so that when these people are adults, it doesn't occur to them to just stop and contemplate the wrong of it all. And while I don't think we can change people's thinking by having them listen to a podcast, I do think that living in the information age gives us countless opportunities to keep running interference on these thought processes. It'll take a while, and it has taken a while, and it's going to take even more of a while, but we can change things. Society is changing. Listen to me, evangelicals. Listen to me. Society is changing. We are becoming more secular by the day, and the numbers are there to back it up. Ask me for proof, and you'll fucking get it, okay? But these cloisters of churches that hijack people's lives and intellects from day one, quite literally from day one, and start teaching them the art of evangelical hate, are working 
over time to perpetuate their agendas, as we have seen this week. Frankly, it amazes me that we still have to have these conversations in the year 2023, but let's be real here. The vast majority of homophobic thought that still weaves its way through society comes from religious sources. And to be fair, Christianity isn't the only religion that's guilty of this, not by a long shot. But they sure do go out of their way to keep their agenda in front of people, don't they? We may not be executing people for being gay like they do in other parts of the world, but if these people had their way, it would be impossible for anyone who isn't cishet to live the lives that they take for granted, that they enjoy. If these people had their way, anyone LGBTQ or any other letter you want to add to that acronym wouldn't be able to get jobs, get an education, or have any place in society. When Jesus said, love thy neighbor as yourself, I don't think that he considered what that looks like to someone who is taught in his inerrant word that their righteousness is as filthy rags. Christianity flat out teaches you to hate. And I mean hate everything, including yourself. Now, here's the question. How does one go about loving their neighbor as themselves when they've been taught to hate themselves. And let's be honest, it's that kind of disparity and crosstalk in the gospel that made most of us who were in this thing think like this at some point. We all did. If we bought into the messaging of evangelicalism, we did think this way. And some of us still struggle to push those thoughts aside. Notice I said us, because I know better but those thoughts are still there and they linger. And most of the time they don't ever leave. That's why you have to make the conscious choice to think better and think differently. It's imperative, absolutely imperative that we at least keep pushing ourselves toward that end. But here is the proverbial light at the end of the tunnel here. Some of us, most of us who are listening to this show learned better. And what that means is that it's possible to learn better. Not all evangelicals are unteachable. Otherwise, this guy wouldn't be so afraid mm. of what these kids see in his school. Right. He knows this, and I know it, and we all know it. They're not all unteachable, and not all of them have this stuff successfully crammed into their brains, and not all of them successfully cram it into their children's heads either. And the more we shine the light on the lunacy of all of this. The more we steer the ship away from the iceberg and the fewer sympathizers they're able to manufacture or maintain over time, that in and of itself will lead to more people getting and staying unbound. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Unbound. Show topics are chosen based on their timeliness, relevance, and social impact. Have suggestions for future topics? Email us at unbound.podcast.network at gmail.com with all your comments and feedback. Please don't forget to like, share, and throw a few five-star ratings our way and follow us on all major social platforms. And don't forget to hit subscribe if you haven't already. Links to our social pages as well as a full list of cited sources in today's episode are listed in the show notes available at our website, getunbound.org. That's get-unbound.org. If you value this resource and would like to see it continue, please consider supporting us on Patreon at the link in the show description. And be sure to check for new updates every Sunday when we'll come together again and take one more step toward getting and staying 
Unbound. <laughs>